Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. I'm an author, coach, and healer. You can learn more about me at theandygrant.com. Real Men Feel exists to remind men that they are human beings, that they have the right to experience and express all of their emotions. We have conversations that most men aren't having, but that all men can benefit from. I think it's been five months since we did a regular guy chat. That's when a man somehow orbiting in my circle of life wants to talk about something without an agenda. There's, there's nothing to promote. Rather, he wants to share himself, his challenges, his accomplishments, and how he sees the world. Today, we have Anthony Skyry. Like most men, Anthony wears many hats. Personal trainer, father, husband, friend, mentor, outdoor enthusiast, to name a few. First and foremost, Anthony is a good man. That is why I'm glad to say, welcome to Real Men Feel, Anthony. Thank you, Andy. It's great to be here. We met last year in an online program yep. from the Mankind Project. Yeah, it was like last August, I oh. believe it started. Yeah. What what prompted you to get involved with the Mankind Project? Gosh, a um, couple years ago, before way before the pandemic, I here I was my you know upper forties and saying to myself, "Gosh, I, I I'm not very close to men. I mean, I have my close group of friends, but outside of that, I don't have anybody I could call up and." talk to be real with i don't have a tribe of men and i'm like there's got to be something out there and i i literally went online looking for like men's groups something i just you know googled search men's groups and then mkp came up and i was like what's this and i was like wow like this exists and read about their new warrior training and i was like well that really sounds interesting and sounds terrifying at the time but I put that on my radar. I'm like, I'd like to do something like that. And then just life got in the way and it got put on the back burner. And, and then the pandemic hit and, and I was just looking for, yeah, that, that connection. And I, so I, I went back to it and I took my first introductory course. It's like three week course that kind of gets your feet wet and MKP. I, I don't know. I was blown away. I was like, this, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, men like me, regular dudes from all walks of life um, that are trying to be better men, to rediscover who they truly are, like their authentic self through all their warts and everything, all the good and the bad and, and the ugly and the funny. And just, yeah, it was great to be a part of something where it felt real and safe just to be me and talk. Growing up, how did you learn what it means to be a man? Well, I mean, through my family dynamics, my father, my uncles, um, you know, growing up in the 70s, <clears throat> it was that kind of, I don't know, there was no filter back then with men. They, it was like Archie Bunker. That That's kind of like how I describe uh, my dad in a way. I mean, um he had a big heart, loved everyone if you weren't a jerk. Um, but he told lots of him and his friends, there was lots of off-color jokes that would probably not go over well today or be acceptable. But they, my uncles, and they they all sorts of stuff I heard growing up. So my, my immediate family, and then just like a lot of kids, then you go through school and you get kind of socialized by our culture through institutions like school with your peers. And then 
marketing what you saw on TV. So it's really family, peers, and just what we see in, in our culture through TV, radio, movies, um, coaches, my coaches growing up, they were all drill sergeants. I mean, it was, yeah, run to your puke, <clears throat> you know, don't be a sissy, all the things, the man box stuff that I've read about, I've experienced and I've said those types of things myself, not even realizing why I was saying it, but it was because I heard it. So I would say, it, we, you know, my group of friends, guys, like that kind of stuff is all the time would be said. So that's a lot of where I got conditioned growing up. Yeah. So at, at what point did you start seeing it as conditioning? And maybe it wasn't something that that was uh, bringing out the best in you or, or whatever, whatever, whatever changed your mind to look for something else. Yeah, it wasn't until many, many years later, like when I started becoming more conscious and aware of my thoughts. Um, and, and then starting to hear other people hear my thoughts and reflect them back to me. And I'm like, whoa, I, I said that. And uh, so, yeah, it took me a long time to kind of start to go below the neck and into my body and start recognizing and being more aware of how I was being in the world and how I was showing up. And, you know, it's been a good, probably at least over 10 year process where I started awakening like to how I was being and like, gosh, why do I keep repeating these things and taking a good look at myself an honest look, which was not easy. What makes that not easy work of looking at yourself? What makes that worth the effort to you? It's, it's like, like once, I was like, once if you fly first class, like I can't, I can't fly coach anymore. I, I want to be in first class. It was something like that awaken of like, now that the, I peeked behind the curtain, it's like, I can't go back to how I'm always being. I mean, yeah, I'm going to slip up, but I, I, I got to do better. So it was this, this sense of a feeling inside me, an energetic thing of how I was feeling more authentic in myself when I was being more present, more honest with myself and with others, which I found to be a lot harder than I thought uh, as I'm learning in this process. So it just, it made me feel like I'm getting back to my center. And then once in fact, my eyes were open, it was like, I, I can't, I can't stay how I was or else I'm just going to be stuck. So it's like evolve or die in a way on the mm -hmm. inside. Do you find, is it more challenging for you to be honest with yourself or with others? Or is it the same? Oof. You know, I think at first I would have said, oh, it's so much harder being honest with others, but, or it's easier to be honest yeah, it's hard. It's easier to be honest with others. But when it comes to myself, I've come to realize I'm not so honest with myself. Uh, you know, the things I learned from, you know, no more Mr. Nice Guy. I think I, in the night of like my covert contracts that I was doing, I never, once I read that, I was like, oh my God, I've been doing that for so long, manipulating. And I'm like, that's not being honest. And yeah, so I've been discovering a lot of things where I'm not honest with myself, and it comes from a lot of my shame and fear and anxiety and not good enough. So, yeah, I find it a lot harder being really honest with myself, like truly honest and open. 
Yeah. During your awakening and your your introspection and being honest with yourself, while going through that process and, and like, like right now in, in this moment, what are some of your best skills? Like what can you recognize in yourself? Humility is one of I've always had. I've never been a braggart or a boaster. I've always been very humble and I've always kind of led by example like doing <clears throat> so, so it's one of those people i just do put my head down and like by action um so yeah humility never always and, and sometimes it's it can be a bad thing like you know good thing can also have the achilles heel so i need more of the hey yeah i am good or i am good enough um hear me as opposed to kind of standing back on the sidelines so to speak so humility is one um, and my humor, but I also recognize my humor was, was also sometimes a defense mechanism when I didn't want to deal with something. So I use humor to deflect, but I've always had that, you know, me and my friends, like humor has always been a big thing of us just, you know, laughter is definitely when you have that big belly laugh, you're being authentic. Um, you're being you. So, I love good laughter. I love laughing and I'll make people laugh. Um, and I think my, my deep inner drive of just to kind of somehow figure out a way to keep going, I guess that's called resilience. And even though I can say, Ooh, I haven't been doing certain things, but I, I, I'm a stubborn SOB sometimes. So I, I, and I see that in my daughter. So I think having that, that, like, okay, somehow I'm going to figure out a way. And, and maybe it's not like life is never a straight line trajectory with any development. It's always twists and turns and detours. Um, but I do feel I have that in me, those things, those three things that have kind of helped me, hmm. my tools, inner tools. And from prior conversations uh, and, and group calls with you, I know that being a good husband and good father are both really important to you. Yeah. How do you know that you're being a good father and husband? I so know when I'm out of integrity with myself, man, I feel it. It's like a vibration. I, I know when I'm wrong. I know when I've reacted and my wife can say something to me and I'll get defensive and then I'll walk away and I, cool down and i'm like ah she's so right i'm like oh i hate hearing the truth sometimes and and i just kind of talk it through with myself i'm like yeah i i i i can i could have responded in a much different way as opposed to reacting yeah i just know it i know it when i'm not in integrity or when i'm not being honest it, it's i've started to recognize that in myself of how i feel Feel closed off. I feel it in my chest and the back of my neck. Um, yeah, it's a feeling, definitely. And is, have you always been attuned to that feeling, or is it taken like practice? Like, oh wait, that that feeling's telling me something. I feel I've always had pretty good intuition. It's I've never been fully present to it on a consistent basis, especially at a younger age. Um, 
but I always felt like I was a pretty good judgment of people, like thin slice, like right away. And I'm like, okay, am I being a little bit too quick to judge? Okay, let me sit back. And then I'm like, yep. So I always felt like I've had that. My mom was very intuitive. So, but it's taking me along, like, as I've gotten older to lean into it more and, and listen to it more. Yeah. I see in a lot of men that I meet in, in MKP in the mankind project that being of service in some way is important to them. Is service important to you? And if so, why? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been a trainer for over 20 years in that service and trying to you know help people. Currently, I've been working with a stroke patient, and that's been very rewarding for me because the first time I work with one a stroke patient, and it scared the heck out of me at first. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not, I don't want to hurt them, but I'm like, wait a second, they're a person, they're human. Do what you know, and what you don't know, find out. So, yeah, and but I, I've always wanted to like, as I've gotten older, to think about like, what does I want to do, and how I want to help. It's always been more in that service mode. How can I help young kids in performance and youth development, physical literacy? How can I now be of service to young men and, and adult men to who to be a mentor? Because I, I wish I had somebody when I was a teenager make me aware of my thinking and to, and to think bigger, to think differently, to have possibilities and and kind of be that person that would give me a healthy kick in the butt when I needed it, but also like help me learn and grow and, and, and stretch myself more and believe in myself more. So I'm like, I want to be that person that I never had growing up uh, that I, you know, my friends were my bond. Um, my parents I loved and, but I didn't, they weren't like, yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of healthy, emotionally present role models growing up. Great, you know, lots of great men, funny, and that, but I, not ones that I could sit and talk to. They would sit and talk to me in a real, authentic way. So you mentioned that you could sometimes use humor to deflect. Yeah. Looking back, is that kind of how humor was used by, by your, your dad and your uncles? Ah, there are a lot of big personalities. So they, I mean, they just use humor because they liked humor and they were, they were a lot of them were very funny. Um, but I do think, and I'll speak like my dad was not a person who talked about his emotions. It was two speeds, silence or rage or, or anger or rage. Um, and he could never like, my dad was never the person to sit me on his lap or sit down with me and, give me a big hug and say, Anthony, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you. He did it through acts of service because he didn't know how to emotionally do all these things because I know, and this is where I've come to learn where I've had more compassion is that he didn't have this growing up. And, and so of course he was this way. He was doing the best that he could. And, and I've still recognized all the wonderful things that my parents did. And I, I, I have this, picture right here that I hold of my, they look like movie stars. This is like back in the sixties. And I'm so thankful because my dad didn't have a choice growing up. And my parents made a lot of sacrifices so that me and my sisters 
could have choices to do what we want, be who we want to be. And for that, I'm so ever grateful for. And I'm trying to really recognize more of that with my history as opposed to being a victim of it. It's part of my story, but it doesn't define me. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's an important point to get to for, for anyone to realize that you're, you're more than your past you're, and you're more than your present. Right? Everything is temporary circumstances, and your choice is what you do with them and about them. Yeah, and I'm finally coming around to that. It's taken a long time to get there, but I'm just grateful that I am right. on this path. So you mentioned that your your dad was never one to put you on his lap and say that he was proud of you. So now with your years of introspection and, and even hindsight or recognizing you want more than this box of masculinity, the old man box, what are you proud of? I'm proud of being open to this kind of scary, confusing process of reconnecting with my center with my that golden ball as i read about in and um iron john and when i because when i look at my daughter and you look at when i look at little kids play they all have it and then we spend the rest of our lives trying to get that golden ball back so i'm proud of myself for for going through that process and not ignoring it because i could easily just continue down the path that I've been on, which is just denial, like too scared to deal with it. So I'm going to do other things to uh, repress these things, drugs, alcohol, all sorts of things we could even, and, you know, I even come to re you know, realize with exercise, which I've always loved, like, well, it could be a bad side of that too, if I'm doing it to escape. So I'm proud that I've gotten to this point to rediscover myself and become really truly who I am now and moving forward. I'm really proud of that. Like, cause there's so much more I feel. Cool. What's one thing that you wish more men knew? Mm. Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I wish more men knew that that people like you, people like MKP, people like me are out there and that they don't have to keep wearing their masks. They can shed their masks and still be masculine and be everything that their partner, their spouse, whoever wants them to be. Yeah, I just wish more men knew about how they can be more authentic and more real. Yeah, just yeah. permission to be yourself. Permission, yeah, permission, yeah, yeah, yeah. None of this, this braggadocio, you know, all this, this, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's so tiring. Is, is there a particular, you mentioned No More Mr. Nice Guy already, is, is there a particular habit, book, or practice that you would like to recommend that it has helped you a lot? Gosh, it's been a lot of books. Um, I mean, I, I've, I think for any father out there who has a son or sons, um, the wonder of boys is a great one. I forget the author's name, 
Um, but I, I, it, it's, it was written in the in the mid or late '90s. But it's everything in there is very pertinent. Uh, I, I think yeah, no more Mister Nice Guys. One I just recently read is is one. Iron John is good, but I don't know if some men might. It, it's you got to really. There's a lot of I know, there's a lot in there. So I thought that was a great book, though. It like the way it crystallized some things, and I had to read certain passages a couple times to really absorb what he was saying and, and the metaphor metaphors that he was using. Oh, I'm just trying to think. Is there another book? Gosh, I wish I had. Oh, I wish I knew. Yes, I wish I had books. It was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think the, the book "Do Hard Things." That by Stephen Magnus, I think is a really good book on on resilience and toughness and what that really means mm -hmm. and how, because I grew up with this, we've got it wrong over the years of this, you know, drill sergeant, you know, you know again, it's the man box thinking, <clears throat> got to solve it on my own, do it on my own, and got to go hard, got to get through it, and that's just not it. We've gotten it wrong all these years. And that book, you know, dispels all those myths. Um, and, um, the Talent Code by Daniel Co uh, Coyle, I thought was a great book too, many years ago. Uh, and he's got another book that he, uh, it's similar to the Talent Code, it has to do with groups of people. Um, so anything by Daniel Coyle is good. So yeah, those are, so my off the top of my head recommendations. Awesome. Is there a man besides your dad or uncles that had a big impact on you? <sighs> Growing up. I mean, I had different people I looked up to, but they weren't that. God, it's sad to say. I mean, I, I really there's not one that flies off the tip of my tongue. Like, yeah, this this guy, this person really opened my eyes. I mean, I had lots of different men over the years teach me things, mm -hmm. but interestingly enough, and again, I uh, they disappointed me. But I've come to realize they were human. Like they were, because I put them on a pedestal, mm -hmm. and. And once I found that out, I was like, oh, they're full of BS. And <clears throat> I didn't look at like, no, you learned a lot from them and they're human. They have their warts. They have their stuff. Like, so that was part of my challenge that I've recognized that I had men a lot that I looked up to at the time, but then they disappointed me. And then I kind of brushed them off. What was the disappointment? Were they not acting in accordance with what they were telling you? Or was it you you just decided that whatever they were telling you and that you you changed your mind that it was beneficial or like what what was the yeah, disappointment there, there rooted were in? Things that yeah, I like I, like a, a football coach that I looked up to. Um and I just felt like in the middle of a practice, the way he grabbed me and shook my helmet in front of everybody, it just it I, I it was embarrassing and 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 I was someone who worked my tail off and, and I was really PO'd. I'm like, why would he do that to me in front of 
all the guys because I got nothing but shit from that. Hey, milkshake. <laughs> and so, yeah, it kind of let me down about him. And then I had another, you know, gentleman in, in post-college, a roommate of mine, his father, he hired me. And again, because I saw them not in integrity because it's like they weren't leading by example. And so I got dis like disillusioned, disappointed, and I started getting this like I can't trust men because they always disappoint. Yeah, so especially with the football coach, sound like like breaking trust. Like I can really I can trust you. Like wait, no, you're calling me. You know, like you're you're physically assaulting me at 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 a level and also embarrassing me and and not knowing the reason or what was the benefit of that or. Yeah, it was someone who I really looked up to, and I know he was hard, and, and I didn't mind that. Like, I don't mind being pushed, um, but, you know, being embarrassed like that physically is, yeah, it just broke that trust. And and I just found, yeah, over the years, I would find men I'd look up to and I'd learn something from, but then they would just, they weren't in integrity, and I, I recognized that, and it just, I got disappointed. Uh but I realized I can't put people on pedestals. It's like how we put <clears throat> athletes and all these people on pedestals. And we're like, well, you know, and then you maybe meet them and you're like, oh, what a jerk. All these years, like, what was I doing? Now, you have to realize that people are human and, and, and they're all going through their stuff or they don't know. <laughs> you know so I, I have more compassion now for the people that I kind of brushed aside and realized that, hey, I still got something out of it that was rewarding. But yeah, yeah, I so I but I just never had that person that stuck with me who I could go back to and sit down with and have a cup of coffee and be like, oh, look at you now you got your own kid. And, you know, like it's just. Yeah, I'm ha I, it's really I find it kind of sad that I don't have that person. I have my group of friends that I've known since grade school. That are they were kind of like that for me, like they were my tribe my men that i looked up to I, I look up to all of them you know they're all my age and all over the place now so and, and are you still in touch are you still a tight circle of friends yeah even though we you know i only have one friend who lives close by and then everyone else it's like zurich breckenridge jacksonville um north carolina you know california all over the place scattered Texas. So we still all, you know, keep in close touch and we pockets of us see one another when we can. So yeah, they've always been like my tribe. And uh, it, it seems to me, uh, tell me what you think, um, that this, the pattern of being disappointed in men and, and realizing that, that you can't trust them. Is that, is that what's driving you to want to be better and to want to be that person that you didn't have for others? I think I wasn't, yeah, it, it, that was underneath the surface. And then it, it's come through. Yes, ex it's exactly that. I, I, I want to be that person I didn't have. I want to be a better person, a better human, a better man to myself so that once I get my, you know, get my room in order and then I can move out from there and help others. Um, it has a domino effect you know, in my family and then my friends and the people I work with, um, it's, 
it's nice that when people say, oh, you have a different energy, you know, it's like, it's, it's cool to get that acknowledgement because you could do all this introspective work and something like, God, am I doing too much of this? Is it like, like anything? Is it, is it too much of like, am I taking myself too serious? And, and I have to stop. So, okay, I can, I can still be serious about this, but not take myself too serious. Um, but I'm always trying to recognize that there's always too much of anything that I have to be aware of. Yeah. So with, with all the work that you're, you're doing on, on yourself, um, connecting with other men, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to stepping into the man I know I can be. And that could be someone who could be more of a leader. Uh, stepping into my like true warrior, king, magician roles and, and lover, that's what you have right there back to you. Um, in understanding them, but like in their true highest selves, I'm looking forward to that process of pushing myself, of 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 wanting to be that mentor to other men and and young adults, and and what what's going to become of all that. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm excited about that the the this process, which I there's no end goal, but I'm going to keep following the breadcrumbs. Hmm. Good. I was I was asked that. Was there some sort of end state of the you know perfect man that was your goal, or do you just realize it's this always unfolding thing? Yes, because there's never the to do list will never get done in life, and you know it's this work will never get done. So it's how I'm going to try and always come with a beginner's mind, and how much can I keep learning and growing and evolving and challenging what I thought maybe was true in myself or of something, and saying maybe it's not. Maybe there is another way. And, and, and for me, it's a big thing for me is doing more listening and less talking <laughs> in this process. I, I appreciate sharing so much of, of you and your journey. Is, is there anything else you want to share? I, imagine there's a man that's, you know, he's unhappy, but he's not sure he wants to do, I've heard this is hard work. I don't know if I want to do this. Do I want to, you know, what, 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 what do you want to share with that guy? I would say to this man, because I've seen it now past many years in front of other men, is like, you're not alone. You're not alone out there. Whatever it is you're feeling down, not worthy, whether it's going through a tough divorce, job, like you feel lost, disillusioned, angry. It's like, know that there are other men out there going through that that can help shoulder that burden and help carry you and lift you up um that it's out there if you just give yourself an opportunity to just be open to it be open to to listening to other men be open to whatever whether it be a pastor a friend a a, a group like like mkp or something else where you can be yourself be open to it um because I know I hear a lot of men say, yeah, my wife, you know, it was like kind of an ultimatum in a way, like, you know, you, you got to do this. And and they're so thankful that they did. And then so are their wives. It's like a win-win. Because it really is. No matter what, even if if the marriage goes to hell and the job does too, you can still pick up the pieces and recreate yourself and 
start all over. And I know that sounds easy. Ah, yeah, just do that. Like, cause life is hard being human, this human, uh, condition that we're in experiencing. It's not easy. It's hard enough being human. And then over the other stuff that gets, we throw on ourselves and then everything else that gets piled on. It's no wonder why there's so much anger and fear out there. It's palpable sometimes. Yeah. So that's what I would say is you're not alone. Indeed. Uh, Anthony, what, what, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you or to learn more about what you're up to? Uh, they can easily go to my website, just my name, anthonyskyrie.com. Awesome. Um, and a coach at gmail.com. Well, Anthony, thanks again for uh, for joining me, willing to come on and, and share yourself. And I, I know it's not easy to to serve yourself up on a plate to the world, um, but I do believe it always brings value. And again, we talked about service, and I think any man being open and honest is a service to everybody. So thank you again. Thank you, Andy, for having me and having this platform and everything you're doing, too, of being of service. So I feel like what you're doing is hugely important. So. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Cool. Yep. Thanks everyone for listening. Wherever you're discovering Real Men Feel, please uh, give a like, uh, share, a comment, share this to somebody else, and visit realmenfeel.org. The blog posting for this show will have uh, links to all the books mentioned, all the resources talked about. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, realmenfeel at gmail.com. Always glad to hear from you. And if you want to explore making this year the best year of your life so far, book a clarity call with me. And that's that's not a podcast. That's just a conversation with us in private. <laughs> Uh, theandygrant.com slash talk. And until next time, be good to yourself.